Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 35th to the 49th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. But someone will ask, how is the dead raised? What kind of body will they come? How foolish. What, do, what you sow does not come from life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be just the seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But the God gives, us, gives it a body as, as he determined. And to, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not, a, not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another, birds have another, and fish have another. There is also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon has another, and the stars another. The star differs from the star in splendor. So will not be resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, and it is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised in spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural and after the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of the heaven. As, as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as it is the heavenly man, so also, so also are those who are in heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, we should all bear the image of the heavenly man. It's the word of the Lord. Um, we are continuing our systematic study of Paul's first letter to the church in the city of Corinth. The last time we looked at uh, the 12th to the 34th verses of the 15th chapter, where we read uh, Paul's writing concerning the resurrection of the dead. And in the 12th verse, uh, if you remember, we read, but if, it, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? So you'll recall that Corinth is a city in Greece, um, is largely non-Jewish, heavily influenced by its culture, both Greek and Roman. And Greek philosophy posits that physical things, including the body, is the source of evil. It's the body that's the source of evil. That's, that's, that's what the philosophers uh, uh, then, and maybe some even now, uh, thought that, that was the, the problem. So why would there be a resurrection of the source of the evil? You know, that, that wouldn't make sense in their mind. See, but scripture lets us know that uh, it's in the heart where the evil comes. It, it's like, you know, it's not my hand per se. You know, I might pop you, but it's, it's like the, 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 what, what motivated the pop was my heart. I felt like popping you. Uh, so so it, that's, that's where the evil, I love you, Josh. I would never, <laughs> I would never pop you. But that's, 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 why, that's why there's this, 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 this tension, if you will, culturally. 
And so Paul, for the 12th chapter, the 13th chapter, the 14th chapter, he deals with what worship is and what worship isn't. And so, okay, now that I've dealt with worship, now let's make sure we have a firm foundational understanding of who we are worshiping, you know, that who, who, we, who we are exalting. Uh, so this is, this is all of this, the, the, everything that Paul is presenting is, is cornerstone to our faith. And as I shared before, there's at least three aspects to that cornerstone. One is the resurrection, from the, uh, resurrection of Christ from the dead. Two, our resurrection, the future resurrection of all believers. And three, the present forgiveness of sin. Take away any of those pillars, then our faith crumbles. So that's why Paul is, 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 is doing what he's doing to make sure that there's a, a collective understanding. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, uh, but he did not raise him if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Without certainty in the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection of all of us, those that are Christ followers, uh, one, any preaching is useless. Two, our faith is worthless. Three, those that preach it are frauds. Four, we are yet guilty of sin and we're waiting judgment. Five, those that have died believing this are in the same boat as we are. And that's why six is a natural follow-on of all the people in the world. We believed in the okie doke we believed in something that wasn't true. That's why Paul is going out of his way. It's like, I need you to understand this. This is just not tangential to what we do. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to come together and, you know, have a few scones and coffee and, uh, you know, we, have a, we get to fellowship with one another. No, no, we need to understand why we're here and why we do what we do. Uh, Jesus Christ died and he was raised from, and he was risen from the dead. Uh, we as believers have that same hope. And with that hope, we have that deposit. We have the forgiveness of sins, not tomorrow, right now. The slate has been washed clean. So either Christ is alive and everything associated about him, including our preaching and our faith, is true or it's not. Either it is or it isn't. There isn't, there isn't an in-between. So again, as I shared by rhetorically asked, uh, so, so why are we stressing the point? Because I, we stress the point because oftentimes our behavior doesn't align with our stated faith. Right, right. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. It's, it's like we say these things, but we behave in ways that don't align. And then that's when the world or others that are not of the faith look at it. It's like, we got a problem. Right, right. Because you are saying that uh, uh, Christ rose from the dead. Uh, that you're looking for the resurrection, that you've been forgiven of sins, that everything that is being preached out from Scripture is true, but, 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 but your life and lifestyle and even the things you say uh, just don't line up with that. 
you know, again, I don't want to read too much in this, but, you know, you got Monday morning blues? And I understand. I understand. I, we all, we're in the flesh. I understand that. But we can't, it's like, how's the day? Oh, it just stinks. It's just like, and, and you have the love of Christ in you. You, 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 have, you have faith in this life and the life to come, and you're just, just like eking out of life? Or you're just, just, just going from pillar to post? Oh, I'm just getting by. Well, I, whatever you're drinking, I don't want. I just, because it's not, it doesn't appear to be helping you. Just, just, just look, I'm, just, I'm just observing your life. So Paul goes on uh, in verse 20. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam, all die. So in Christ, all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the firstfruits, then, when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom of God to the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him, who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. So Paul, in essence, is saying, look, Christ is raised from, is, is raised from the dead, and let me explain it now from a position of faith. And we went into your homework, I don't know if you did it, last week was to read the 23rd chapter of the book of Leviticus. And it provides that instruction of what you're supposed to do when it comes to the offering of first fruits. It's funny how it falls in right after the, the Passover and, 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 the, and, the, and uh, the, 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 the foretelling, the archetype, if you will, of the death and resurrection even then. So in the 9th through the 14th verse of that 23rd chapter, we read about the first fruits and its annual sacrifice of thanksgiving for the harvest, the first fruit, the first reaping. It's a thanksgiving for what God has done. And so I'm going to, I'm going to require of you to give me the best, the first of anything that you're going to reap out of this life, give it to me. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an archetype, it's a window to look through to, to let us know, to let the cult know, but in us now to look kind of vicariously through that, 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 we, that God is responsible for the harvest, and because of that, he is, he is, he is, he, we are obligated to honor him. It's not in my notes, but I'm just going to say it anyway. That's why, we, pastor, you're going to talk about money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about first fruits. So see, it could be money, it could be your time, it could be, it's your first fruits. It's the first, it's the best that you have to give. Those of you who are in relationship, you know good and well. It's just like, look, don't, don't, don't give me your leftover time and attention. If you're in a relationship, that won't last very long. It's like, no, no, no. When, 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 when you're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and awake, then let's have a conversation. Then we can talk about romancing. We can talk about all of those things. But if you're going to just say, oh, okay, all right. But it's just like, no. No, we don't tolerate that in a relationship. And God is like, I'm better than whatever you got going on on the horizontal. It's like, I want the best that you have to offer. I want the best of your time. I want the best of your talent. I would, see, 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 
I know, I know, I, I don't have time to really go into this. I think back on my life. You've heard my stories about calculus and engineering and, and all of that. It's just all of that. I am convinced now more than ever that, that, that those pivots that we think were just coincidental in our life, we can look back. It's like, okay, well, a lot of that training now has application in where we're at right now, today. Right now, today, literally. It's just like, oh, okay, it helps to have an engineering background as we go about restoring a facility, a tool that we get to worship in. Now, I'm not, I'm not unique. I'm nobody special. I'm just a fool for God, as my father would always say. And that's who I am. I'm just a fool for God. But think about your life. And what you, how did you arrive here? Or wherever here is in terms of your ministry? Oh, well, you know, I studied hard. And I, this, was, this is why I did what I did. No, no, no. If you're his, that's a big if, though. That's a big if. If, if you're his, that everything that led up to where you're at in him, is it was, it was foreordained. It was planned. It was predestined. You were supposed to be here at this appointed time. Joseph didn't set out just like, you know what? I think I want to grow up and go to prison. That's what I want to do. I'm going to grow up and go to prison. Or he didn't even say, you know, he saw the dreams, but he's like, I'm just repeating the dreams. Yeah, the, you know, these, these sheaves are bowing down. All these stars are bowing down. I don't understand what's going on. You know what? I think I want to be Pharaoh one day. No, no. But, but things happened in his life that brought him into a position where God used him. Now, we need to think about that for us. Where are you? Where are you? Where, where are you? This is more than rhetorical. It's like, where are you in terms of your, what you call life? In terms of what you've got going on. Well, this is my agenda. This is, we don't ask our kids. We don't ask. It's like, have you prayed about it? It's like, no, no, this is what you're going to do. Uh, I was a lawyer. Your, my, your grandfather was a lawyer. And guess what? You're going to be a lawyer. And nowhere along the line is like, well, it, what's God speaking to your heart? Where is he leading you? Where is he guiding you? This is, if we're really his then we really are serious about, okay, God, order my steps. I'll acknowledge you in all of my ways. You, you tell me where to go. You tell me what to do. You tell me what relationship to invest in. See, we waste a lot of time kissing toads, and it's just thinking that that's part of the game. We, we, we do. We, just, we kiss a lot of frogs, hoping that one will turn into a prince. No, you just get warts. That's all you get. That's all you get. That, that, that's all you get, you know, and then uh, this, the kids are gone. But I mean, right now, they're, they're talking about the, the, the incidences of, of sexually transmitted diseases now are through the roof, yeah. are through the roof. And we think that, oh, this is, this is how you get to know somebody. You got to, you know, you got to play to win, you know, kind of like the lottery. It's like, oh, seriously, that's, that's, that's what you do, huh? That's what you do. You're buying lottery tickets, hoping to win. You don't win if you buy a lottery ticket, and you don't win approaching relationship that way. I didn't mean to get onto that, but just, just take it for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> Paul is presenting, he's painting uh, a picture uh, of Christ as a victorious general. He's gone off, he's conquered sin, he's conquered death, and now he's come back, and he's resting under the authority of God. And as I shared before, there's going to be that that, that consummation, that eschatological uh, uh, great getting up morning. But, but, but right now, the, the battle is already won. 
See, see but, but since we live within the, the realm of time and space, you know, time and space, you know, there's a tomorrow, there's a next month, there's a next year, there's all of that. There's no tomorrows in heaven. Where's heaven? Wherever God is. And so the whole panorama of time, whatever that is, it's like, it's, that's what it is. I, I can't conceive of it. You can't. You're better than I am, but I still don't think you could conceive of it. But, but past, present, and future is, is there's no context for that with God. See, so that's why it's like, no, when I say things are finished, it's finished. It's because it just is. Everything is, is it just, there's an isness, not a tomorrow to it. Um, he throws in a quote from uh, Psalm 8, showing Christ is the perfect fulfillment of the Psalm's prom uh, promise. But still, Paul's not finished. And uh, let me just rush through this. Now, if there's no resurrection, what will those do who are baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? And it's for us. Why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I, fought, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained if the dead were not raised? Let us eat, drink, and be merry. Let, let, excuse me, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Uh, again, as I shared before, we unpacked it. Uh, check last week's podcast. The text is a bit challenging, and a wooden interpretation would make you think that people today can be baptized on behalf of those that have already died. That's not the case. But what Paul is trying to stress is, if we're all in for Christ, would, it wouldn't make any sense for me to be baptized uh, now or to be endangering my life for something that's a fraud. It's just like, why, why would I? That, that doesn't even make any sense. Uh, if I know something's fraudulent, there is no chance, zero chance, that I would do anything associated with it. Uh, and in fact, he, he quotes Isaiah 23, which is a quote from the Greek and Roman culture. We might as well just eat and drink, enjoy life, because sooner rather than later, we're all going to be dead. So don't miss out on what life has to offer. Um, and interesting, Paul concludes this whole section with another cultural proverb, if you will, uh, from the Greek poet, uh, bad company corrupts good character. Uh, so today, we want to pick up the, at the 35th verse where we read, and I promise to be brief, um, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? See, Paul recognizes that the resurrection of the dead is a problem for some. It's just, it's just a problem. Again, the culture, both Roman and Greek, uh, conceiving such a thing. Uh, on his missionary journey through Athens, uh, actually, Paul encountered uh, this, this similar skepticism. In the 17th chapter uh, of the book of Acts, we read, a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. What's, what's the point? We're all believers. We believe in the resurrection. Hopefully for us, this is, this is like, okay, let's, let's, let's move on. What's, what's, my point is here, if nothing else, don't be surprised that people don't believe what Scripture teaches. 
I know that was really profound. Uh, uh, we have the Holy Spirit of God resident in us that leads us, that guides us, that teaches us. Don't discount that. Yeah, I, I know you guys are all smart, intelligent, uh, many collegians, some with masters. I, you're, you're just uber smart. It's not your smartness that aligns you with Scripture. It's the Holy Spirit of God that leads you, that guides you, that directs you. Trust me, it's like my smartness would send me to hell. I just, that, that, that's exactly where I would be going. But it's the Holy Spirit of God. It's like, you better shut up. You remember the conversation I had with my wife? It's like, you know, you better shut up. But, 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 you need to shut up. And the Holy Spirit will save you from you. But, 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 but we're, we're, I'm so smart, and I have to have my rights. And I have, uh, Without the Holy Spirit, you would be just like everybody else. That's, I mean, we, we, we have a knowledge, a, a wherewithal, a witness that it's like, you know what? I need, I need, a, trans, I need a turn. I need, I need something to do better than where I'm at. But what keeps you, it's the Holy Spirit of God. He, he is the, the leader, the guider, the teacher. Um, Non-believers benefit and it lets them know. Verse 36, um, how foolish, how foolish. Paul isn't, uh, he's, not, he's not cutting any corner. Remember now, it's like, well, that's pretty, that's pretty, pretty hard that he's going to come hard at them. And it's like, you, get, you, you, you don't believe and your response is, how foolish. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to the unsaved. How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just as a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else, but God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. These are also, there are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. The stars differ from star, from, from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable, and it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. You can imagine. Here goes my caution. Don't poke your nose on the backside of a tree staring at moss. Look at the forest. Just, just look. Paul did not major in agronomy. He was, he's not, he's, well, you know, it's actually not the death of a seed. Please stop. Just, just, just stop. What's the point he's trying to make? He's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to let us know is that, what is buried is not what sprouts up afterwards. That's the that's that's the cut to the chase. That's what that's exactly what he's trying to say. What dies is not what will be. The clear picture Paul is making is that when we die, one, it won't be some dark, desolate, dreary existence, but it's going to be real life. Two, it will be a body that God has determined. And three, it will be consistent with what it was before its earthly death. See, so there are, there, there are a ton of implications 
Uh, but Paul uses, <laughs> Greek scholars, he uses the same word for body, soma, before and after the grave. Think about that. Before you die, he used body. After you die, body. One is natural, one is spiritual. What is, well, so, so, so what does that mean? Uh, well, actually, I can't all be together certain, and neither can you. Uh, but as Christ rose from the dead, he was recognizable. Uh, just as he was before, before he was crucified. Uh, Christ did not die a Jewish carpenter and was raised a trout. He didn't die a Jewish carpenter and he was resurrected as a bird. There are some religions that believe that. Well, it's the circle of life. You know, it's like you, you went down as Mark. You might be a goldfish. When, when you, people believe that. That, 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 that. That's part of their, the, the religious uh, uh, beliefs. But Paul addresses this. I mean, if we just read scripture, it's like, well, I don't have an answer for that. Just read the text. But he said, not all flesh is the same. All creation is beautiful and intricately designed and woven together, but don't confuse the splendor of the sun with that of the moon. It's, 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 it's not all the same. So you can be confident that, 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 that the body will be something like, we, I, I'll be able to see Stephanie and they're like, hey, Stephanie, and not as like, hey, Joshua. No, 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 it's just like, or hey, goldfish. It's like, no, no, there, there's going to be consistency in that resurrection. So Paul writes, when we are res resurrected, the results will be glorious, imperishable, powerful, and spiritual. And as the old song goes, ain't that good news. So he goes on to write, if there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. And, was the, and as, the, as was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have, been, have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, sinful uncle, sinful auntie Eve, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. I know you're, one, you're all wondering, it's like, when is he closing? I'm closing now. Um, so what are we to make of all of this? Is this just interesting, interesting detail for a life to come? Well, that's wonderful. That's, it's, it's right up there with how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. Uh, let me tell you that, let me assure you that there's application right now wherever you live. Uh, our new life in Christ is now. For those, of the, for those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our new life 
is now. And it's a foreshadowing of the new life that Paul is describing. Remember I keep saying about the, the now but not yet. The now but not yet. There are aspects of our faith that are now, right now, right now, right now. And some, not yet. But in heaven, there's no tomorrow. There's, 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 it, it already is. So, but, but it's not yet for us, but it already is with him. I, I know, I know. It just, my, my, my brain goes tilt too. Uh, but just as our real life begins after the life we know dies, our life in Christ, which is real life now, begins only after our death to self and our old ways. See, Paul is describing like the seed. Life begins, see, what we think of as life, Paul is just like, that's just the run-up. That's, that's, that's the prequel. That, 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 that's, not, that's not life. It's, it's kind of life, it, it, but it's not life. That, that, that when we die, whatever this is gets planted, and when it is resurrected, it's going to be something like you can't describe and literally, we can't describe it. We don't know what it is. But that's real life that never ends. We think, see, and that's when we says someone was talking about the funerals. It's like, you know, well, celebration of life. Well, what it really means, well, we're just recounting what they did. They're dead. It's like, no, 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 no. Actually, if we really understand that, it's like, no, we can really celebrate life now because they have shed this physical, uh, imperfect, perishable, weak, it hurts. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have been dancing too much yesterday. It's like, it's sore. It's, it's all of those things. And it's just like, but, but in that great getting up morning, it ain't going to be sore. And it's going to be something different and glorious. Okay, that's wonderful. I'm looking forward to that. Our life, our new life in Christ Jesus is a prequel to even that. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are already living that new life. You think that everything up to that was life? It's like, no, 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 that was just, that was just a tease. That was just a tease. Now you can really live a new life in Christ Jesus. Too often, many of us are, we're kind of like Lot's wife. We're staring back, looking at what was, longing for it, hoping for it. Boy, the club was kind of fun. Boy, we really did turn it up there, boy. Yeah, we had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, and we're, we're just looking back. And we're reminiscing about what we used to do. And it's like, man, it's like, what are you, crazy? Are you crazy? It's like, oh, oh, so you tied one on, woke up the next morning, vomited in the toilet, and it's like, but I had a good time. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we used to do. But a lot of us are, are still kind of like looking back. And Paul is like, look, uh, you've got something to look forward to spiritually, but if you really think about it, when you give your life to Christ right now, you're not just going to, see, you, you think that you're, you're lining up jobs to do construction, and, and yeah, there's an aspect to that, but if you really, it's kind of like a Neo in the Matrix. See, if you, if you really look at what you're doing, you're, you're ministering and witnessing to your clients. How am I doing that? Am I, do I got a Thompson Chain reference Bible and a gold cross? And I'm like, hey, do you know you got the love of God in your heart? No, you, you do it by how you conduct business. You do it how you interact with a person, how you give them fair price for, for you, good work for a fair price. You, 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 you love on that person in such a way. It's like, I don't know what it is about you, John, but I love you and I love your work. And it, just, it must be emblematic of new life in Christ Jesus. 
But if I'm up there trying to get by, trying to get over, looking at my watch, man, I hate this job. Man, I hate this job. Man, I hate this job. I hate this job. Did I tell you I hate this job? I hate this job. And God's got you on assignment. It's like, I got you there for a reason. Don't be Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. So it's like, look, I'm going to make you stay here till you get it. Just, just, no, no, get it sooner rather than later. It's like, understand that what he has you doing when the, oh, well, you think I'm just teaching history or I'm just teaching what I'm teaching. It's like, no, you're, you're speaking into the lives of impressionable young men and women that don't know Jesus Christ. See, you don't have to sit there and it's like, now, now I know I'm here to teach history, but uh, I want to, do you know Jesus is your savior? There's nothing wrong with that. It's, a, it's appropriate. There are times of propriety for that. But trust me, folks will come up to you and they will be drawn to you because of how you live your life writ large. It's like, I don't know, Mr. Deal. I don't know what it is about you, but I love you. I want to spend time around you. Then you can speak into their lives. But if we're constantly trying to get over, trying to just, I'm trying to perpetrate or perpetrate, but perpetuate, uh, should have said per per perpetrate, but <laughs> perpetuate. It really does work, I'm telling you. Uh, that life is like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, do my thing. I'm trying to make it rain. It's like, no, no, what you need to do is align yourself with him. As you align yourself with him, then you step over to that threshold. And it's like, okay, I'm in new life. Man, it's just, I, literally, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You go from black and white to technicolor. It's just like, it's, it's all together different. There was a, I'm, and I'm done. I said I'm done. Uh, I don't know. You guys, maybe as a teacher, maybe you've done this. Um, I remember, I think it was Bret Hart. I may be wrong. It was, uh, they don't, probably don't even do this. You have little milk cartons, little bitty milk cartons. And they would have them for your lunch and all. And so we'd save our milk cartons. And then at some point, you get a little bean. And you put the little soil in the little milk carton, and you put the little bean in there, and you water it, and you do all that stuff. And what do you know? Before you know it, and without you even doing a thing, other than putting a little water on it, the little thing starts to grow. It didn't look anything like the bean. It didn't look anything like, well, it grows beans, but it didn't look like the bean. And so that's what Paul is trying to describe to us today. It's just like, no, no, this new life, you think you're April White. But you're April White, not the April White that, that mom and daddy created, but it's in Christ, you're a different April White. You're an altogether different creation. Yeah, well, I know that when I die and I'm resurrected, yeah, but you can kind of start to live that out right now. Right now. Don't wait until, I mean, it's like, we live beneath, our privilege, wandering around, trying to eke out life, scrape out life relationally, financially, uh, educationally. And God is saying, if you just come to me, I'll give you all the life you can, you can't, you'll be so full of life, you'll just, and some of you have already testified about it. Uh, uh, Kim Smith, it's like, yesterday was such an incredible day. It was a beautiful day. And I got a bike. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, I mean, it's, it's just a bike. No, it's a bike. It's wonderful. It's glorious. As opposed to, yeah, I got a bike. It's, it's like, man, what's a, don't you know Jesus? 
He died for you. He loves you. He gave, don't you get it? That's where he wants us to go. Let's pray. Our Father.